2: Hi all, I'm Libby, proud captain of Millwall Lionesses. Thank you to our Millwall Fan Show from the No One Likes Us Talking team for sponsoring me this year. Make sure you give them a listen like I do. Or even better, why not sponsor a Lioness while you're at it like they do? Thank you always for your continued support. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put
3: fans first. Search Fanhub app to play your part in the journey. Hi, I'm Bethany Warren, and you are joining me to listen to the podcast of our Millwall fan show with the No One Likes Us Talking Team, which is available every Friday at 8 pm.
4: It's Friday. I'm your host, Gary Staff and I have the No One Likes Us Talking Team of Dave Hart, Ted Robinson, and James Kelly.
5: Not everybody likes
4: them, but they don't care. Evening, gentlemen. So, uh, a couple of good results there. Good result over Wickham at the weekend. Uh, What was your view on that?
6: Uh, Wickham's always going to be a a slippery one for us because I've been here time after time and we've lost. So, we played with a bit more confidence passed the ball around. They did cause us a few problems. I mean... Bart had his a little uh, mishap, but overall, yeah, it was a okay. good well-work result.
4: Welcome, Ted, as uh, Dave just said. Bart made a bit of a howl at the weekend, but he certainly made up for it on Tuesday night, didn't he? Yeah, evening,
7: Gary. Yeah, oh, listen, that, that is. That is Bart, and it not that he makes their mistakes very often. I think he did make one last season, but nice to see he gets it out of the way nice and early in the season. But <laughs> when you need him, when he when you desperately need Bart, if you like, he comes up with these saves that are just out of this world. I mean, not only did he get his hands to that one Tuesday night, but he made sure that he pushed it out of danger, which was uh, absolutely exceptional considering he hadn't had a lot to do on on Tuesday night. But yeah, listen. But I'll be close to being player of the season come the end of the season again. I don't
4: doubt that. You sure will. And welcome, James. As uh, we've just discussed, it was a great result on Tuesday. But I thought we should have had a few more. What do you think?
5: Yeah, evening, guys. Um, yeah, no, a I, I brilliant performance on our Tuesday night. Um, it, I don't know why, it, Why for some reason, Conor Mahoney seems to turn into prime Neymar when we play Luton. But... <laughs> <Like, laughs> But um, yeah, no, very good result. And yeah, I, I do agree. We could have had a few more a few more goals on another day. We would have probably put another two or three past them. But that was just a, a very complete
4: performance on Tuesday night. Tonight, we welcome Aberdeen Bourne, former Lion. He began his career as an 18-year-old with his hometown club, Durenville, winning the Bells Cup with them before moving on to Keith. He later went on to marriage, Durenville, In later in his career. He then moved south to play for Colchester after three years with them. And after a couple of loan spells with Birmingham, Wrexham and Plymouth, here I am with the Lions for a fee of 25,000, where he played 96 games with 32 goals scored. He gained promotion with the Lions to the second division and he repeated twice more after leaving the Lions. Tonight, we welcome Kevin Bremner. Now,
8: you, you've got that a little bit wrong. I was, um, born, in, I was born in Banff. Ah, and, which is the, the hometown of Devon vale. You
4: uh-huh. got the Devon
8: Vale bit right, but the the Aberdeen bit was wrong. I support Aberdeen.
4: Ah <laughs> uh-huh. well, you can blame Wikipedia for that. So I apologise, okay. Kevin. No worries. I apologise. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, welcome aboard. Um, before I pass you over to the guys to interrogate you, how did the move sure. to the Lions come about?
8: The move to the Lions. Yeah. A uh, John Hazel knew. George Graham quite well. I think they were involved financially somewhere or another. <laughs> Not a dodgy deal, in like George got caught for, but uh, <laughs> I think John Hazel used to look after some of George's finances. And uh, he was a, an independent financier in uh, Colchester and he knew me and he helped out one of the other players. And uh, between john hazel and george graham uh, that's that's where the connection came but george george came and watched me play against plymouth uh, at orient uh, because i was actually on loan at plymouth uh, when george came and watched me uh, in the the february before he signed me
4: yeah it literally was as simple as that and george liked what he saw and you came
6: good evening kevin good evening
4: dave
6: did on 82-83 season was uh, a lot. There was a lot of controversy going on behind the scenes at Millwall, but um, tell me what your memories are of that season and our great escape.
8: Oh, gee, how can you ever explain something like that? I mean, so George, George got all the team together. I mean, it's a, it's a great story. George had a meeting with the players when he first took over at Christmas time, told the players, right, you've got six weeks, play the way I want you to play or I'll take in players that will play the way I want to play. So we gave him the six weeks. Lo and behold, he takes me in on the the 12th or 13th of February, something like that. So they gave him six weeks, and he started off. Stevie Lovell on a free. He was on loan from Crystal Palace for the start, wasn't he? So that was one. Peter Wells was number two, the goalkeeper. David Stride had just come back from America, came in as well, so that was three. I came in, which was four. Dean came in, which was five. Zach and uh, Anton Otlikowski, seven. Ian Stewart came in from QPR, that's eight. Dean White from Gillingham. That was, that was it. George had got his nine new players in. We went away to Bisham Abbey, played the way George wanted to play. Came back, all guns blazing. Took the third division by storm.
7: Oh, okay, Kevin, it's Ted here. You're talking about George there, George Graham, and obviously he had uh, his partner in crime, Theo Foley, yeah? Here. Uh, how did they bounce off of one another? How did they work? It must. And What was they like to actually play for?
8: Uh, I was a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> Theo was a good cop.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Theo could be anything else, really, could no, he? No, no,
8: no, he was a funny, 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 funny man. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he was a, your man, Bremner.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but they obviously worked together.
8: Oh yeah, I mean, they said they didn't quite get on as well together when they went to Arsenal together. But certainly at Millwall, they they, they, they worked wonders, absolute wonders they did.
7: So was George? Sounds he's always said as if he was a bit of a disciplinarian with a team in a sense. He had his ideas of how they should play, yeah. uh, and it was George's way or no way.
8: That's great That's quite correct. That's quite a few players found out.
7: <laughs> yeah. But you obviously was one of these uh one of these boys, Kev.
8: Oh, well, I was all right for two and a half years. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then after giving blood, sweat and tears for two and a bit seasons, he offered me £25 a week rise. No, sign, no signing on fee, nothing. 25, 25 quid a week for running through brick walls and bouncing <laughs> off centre rafts and scoring one and three. So. <laughs> a greedy Scotch git. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
7: thought that was quite generous for a Scotsman, Kev, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh,
8: no, no, I didn't. George offered me that. Even when I was on my way to sign for Redden, I phoned; it was before mobile phones, I phoned Theo from the station. And and said, oh, get George to change his mind, and <laughs> he didn't.
7: He didn't. <laughs>
8: no, I don't know. I don't even know Theo even phoned him. But that <laughs> that was before mobile phones. It was from a, 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 a public phone in Paddington Station.
7: Do you look at today's football, Kevin? I mean, obviously the the, the riches are so much more to to when you was playing, and uh, uh, do you, I? I mean, I remember your sort of style of playing. I think you'd have been suited a bit more to today's type of game. Do you think? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, you, listen. You was, a, in my opinion, you was a, an all-round forward, and uh, you know, you, you didn't mind a tackle, you didn't mind scoring, you didn't mind getting involved. Um, but today, really, I think it's a bit more sort of lenient out on the pitch. Is probably a nice way of putting it. Um, yeah. But I think you, you, you would have thrived in that.
8: Maybe I would have, but,
7: but uh... well, you'd have it for the money anyway, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we. You,
8: you say that I don't know who published the Reading red in wages, but they're getting more a week than I'm get. I got in a lifetime. It's absolutely ridiculous what they're getting there. Even in Kevin. Yeah.
5: So we discussed work, what it was like working with George Graham, but um, before the show, we discussed what the old Den was like. Um, what were your memories of playing there?
8: How, how can you ever explain an atmosphere like that?
0: Yeah. I
8: mean, you see, my my first game, there was two thousand three hundred people there. We beat Exeter five five two, I think it was five two. Dean Neal scored a hat trick. George said after him. He, he says five two. He says he says Bremner didn't score. He says, but the guy just loves playing football. He you don't have to you don't have to motivate Kevin. He's there ready. If he gets a shot, he's absolutely delighted. Mm. And he says, uh, and the fans took to him straight away with his all-action style. How else can you say?
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the old, the old den was before my before my time, but um with what you've described i'm sure promotion at the end of the uh, 1984 85 season was up there
8: oh yeah i mean no but even even we we my first game there was 2300 people there yeah when, when when they got a performance they reacted i'll tell you that now there was only 2300 but you would you'd have thought there was 10000 people there because they seen something on the pitch they liked what they saw and they appreciated If you run about for 90 minutes, you don't have to to kick a ball, but if you run about for 90 minutes, they'll absolutely love you.
7: I was going to say, Kev, you get a reaction as well. If you didn't put a performance in...
8: Oh
4: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do now <laughs> as well, don't they? <laughs> yeah,
8: thankfully, thankfully, I, I I didn't have any of them
7: at Millwall. Let's talk about the FA Cup run when we played Chelsea along the way. Uh, oh, Kevin, Jesus. we get to court...
8: I came back from injury. I, I broke my collarbone. I was actually on the bench for the Leicester game, but I don't. I was still injured for a Chelsea game.
7: Yeah,
4: Kevin, was that the David Speedy game? Am I right in saying? Yeah, David Speedy
8: scored for, for Chelsea. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was a good game.
8: Fortunately, I was watching it in stand. <laughs> the
7: stand. I came on a sub at Luton.
4: <laughs> oh, it was you that started it all.
8: <laughs> me, me, it started up. Was you, all, was you coming on legally up. or
7: illegally, <laughs> Kev?
8: <laughs> I came on a sub. I got warmed up on the pitch because all the fans were on, on the touchline <laughs> it, was
6: like, it, was like a,
8: it was like a Sunday league game everybody was round the pitch the linesman was on the pitch running the line he must have been frightened to death I was next to him warming up <laughs>
7: <laughs> I mean that obviously was a a, a night and a half uh, yeah, but how disappointed was the boys at the end result of that game because oh
8: absolutely well, absolutely gutted we were absolutely yeah. gutted I mean, see, I'm not being not being nasty, but but, uh, Milmo's home crowd at the time was just over six thousand, because I've looked back and, and and researched it as well. Just over six thousand, and there must have been ten thousand people trying to get into an end that could only hold about seven thousand. And uh, I, I, I blame Luton for not making it all ticket because oh, yeah, every, yeah. every Tom, Dick, and Harry came up from London just looking for a row.
7: That's true.
8: You know yourselves how many people was at the day, and it certainly wasn't that amount of people.
7: Don't know how much Kev's seen of the current Moodle team, but I mean, I'll be quite.
8: I, I, I haven't seen anything. Oh,
7: well, it's quite I've exciting, done. Kev. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, look at him. <laughs> yeah. Gary Rowitz coming, had done a. a a fantastic job they had some good results to be fair it's got a side together I mean one of the things I've always said Kevin your team in particular fried with it there has to be a team spirit a togetherness with a Millwall team that the fans can see if you know what I mean out on the pitch because that's how we feel standing in the crowd would you agree with that I mean your side was the epitome of that you had such a togetherness to, to go on that run that you did and whatever and what you achieved under George Graham but Again, it comes back to George. Was that part of his his team building, making sure that you was all yeah. playing as one, for one of a better way of putting it?
8: Especially after an away game, we we all used to, in the Great Escape. We, we used to go into. I can remember a pub in the season we went up because that was a crown and anchor. After after away matches, we'd go in there and have a couple of drinks and then go home. But we were all most of us would go in there. Have, I would have a shandy. Uh, and a good chat and a good laugh. Crown and Anchor was promotion season. The George on the right hand side, as you go up Shooter's Hill? Yeah, Yes. yeah. The, the, yes. George, the George, I'd say. I found, I've, I got it. Thank Christ for that. I was in there often enough. I should, should bloody know the place.
9: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
8: <laughs> but the that that was that was a tenu- to, the togetherness that we had in the George having a drink. Not everybody had a drink, but most of us went in there occasionally and had a, <laughs> a celebrated a, a drink after a game. But that was the away matches. The home matches, was in the players' bar anyway. But if you you, you look at the uh, the team of uh, the that got into the first division, they were of, of the the same caliber uh, not just players, but they, they went in for a drink as well. They had more than one hostel they, <laughs> they 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 attended.
6: Yeah, it was a done thing, wasn't it?
8: Yeah. It was, well, that's what it, that's what it was like in the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, it
6: went was. Went for a
8: drink yeah, yeah, after a game. Yeah. yeah. You,
6: what do you think about the um, the current differences being applied in football? You know, some teams can have socially distanced fans, but a professional game in the national leagues can't have supporters in. What, what do you think about that?
8: Really, really hard. I mean, you see, how how can you have one rule for one and another rule for another? If if there's no fans in the main football, there should be no fans. In any of the football, it's not right that somebody can have fans in and, and others can't, because I mean, you say, I'm sure, I'm sure they could get socially distanced uh, in the terraces. If they're not, if, if they don't socially distance in the terraces, then they get chucked out and they don't get back in again. But uh, it's it's not it's not fair that that some clubs can get. Finds in and other clubs can't.
6: Yeah, it it's a big impact on some of the smaller clubs. Kevin, just from uh, one from me,
5: um, you said you've seen a couple of uh, the Lions' results so far this season. Um, going on that, how do you think this year is going to pan out for for Mill?
8: Well, they keep going the way they're going. They've got a hell of a good chance, haven't they?
5: Yeah, I mean, currently fifth in the league, off the back of two two wins. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. Yeah.
8: As they always say, it's a marathon, not a sprint.
5: A marathon, not a sprint, indeed. Yeah, and obviously with this season not having fans, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a very, very, very strange very, one. Very
8: long, long marathon.
5: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Indeed. I mean, you
8: see, I, I, I would find it strange playing in front of nobody. It does make a difference in, in, in the den. Had one of the best atmospheres I've ever played in. Absolutely loved playing then because the atmosphere, they appreciated a trier and and, and I was a trier. Theo always used to say that. He said, he said your man Bremner, I, said, I like you because you try hard. <laughs>
4: yeah, And they will appreciate stuff like that, don't they? Oh got- yeah, I
8: mean, it's what I like, <laughs> one of the times I did come back from injury, we played Bournemouth in a, a freight rover or played uh, a Bournemouth at the Den on a Tuesday night, probably. And uh, I had just come back from injury and George was going to put me on for the last 20 minutes. 20 minutes come in, on I go, did my usual, chased the left back down, went into him. Yes, he passed it to the centre half chased him, yes! And this is the crowd going, yes, not me.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
8: and then he passed it to the other centre half, chased him down, yes! Give it to the left back, chased him down, yes! Passed it back to the keeper, wallop, straight into the keeper, yes! <laughs> <I'm> absolutely <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Then he got sent <laughs> off. The referee, the referee, no, I didn't get sent off. The referee pulled me aside, he said, he says, Kevin, he says, pretend I'm giving you a telling off. Don't let the crowd wind you up. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. I must girl. admit,
7: we, we was easily pleased in them days, Kev.
0: Oh,
4: <laughs> we are now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Kevin, to speak with you. And you brought back a lot of memories from my first few seasons as a young lad supporting Millwall. Um, you mentioned the name... Been, I'm 63 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 44. So I started going down cool. there in 1980. So, they were the first real few seasons I remember. And uh, you mentioned a player there, Anton Lutlachowski, who I adored when I was a child. So, it was nice to hear some stories about you playing with him at that time. It was great. No worries. But before I let you go, uh, we've got Barnsley at the weekend. um, A typical banana-skim game for Millwall. But uh, what do you think?
8: It's like anything else. How long is a piece of of string? At the moment, nobody knows who's going to beat who at the moment. Yeah, you're only a couple of games in, so it's 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 anybody's game.
4: Indeed, Mm. indeed. Well, thanks, Kevin. No worries. Well, thanks, Kevin, and all the best. And thank you for tonight.
8: No worries. Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers, Kevin.
4: Cheers, thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Well, We'll take the break there and listen to Scott Johnson talking about the Proper Blokes Club.
10: Hello, I'm Scott and I founded the Proper Blokes Club. What is that I hear say? Well, it's for men who have experienced or going through a tough time and fancy going for a walk and a talk. Or it could be you just want to get back on top of your game, maybe feeling lonely, or you could even be new to the area and just want to get out for a walk and a talk. This could be for you. So if you'd like to join us, we run sessions every Thursday, Sunday, starting at HMS Belfast, walking along Thames up towards Surrey Keys Uh, Thursday start time is 6 o'clock and Sunday start time is 6.30. If you guys are on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, find the Proper Blokes Club give it a like, give it a follow tag and share with your friends or if you'd like to do it the old fashioned way you can call Scott on 07397 501110 that's 07397 and we can make arrangements for you to come along. So I look forward to seeing you joining us soon at the Proper Blacks Club.
4: Welcome back, and we are here with the No One Likes Us Talking team of Dave, Ted and James. Next up, we hear from the Mill Romans. It's Tom Baker. He's a thespian, but not Doctor Who. Tom is talking with Roman's captain Jake following the game against Soho
1: so it's not every day that you win 26 nil obviously a rather unbelievable result how was it what was the game like
11: yeah it was uh obviously incredible result uh, freak freak result of probably a, a Roman's record um I don't think I've ever been a part with 26 nil before yeah, I think it's one of those games where you just kind of kind of focus on the performance and, and trying not to sort of let the game or playing the right of the way run away from you. And um, I think we're really clinical today as the a, as a scoreline shows. But I think in patches we could improve, particularly uh, in terms of complacency and playing our football. But um, I think, yeah, you can't complain with a 26 0. I think they're incredibly ruthless. And the uh, opposition wasn't the best, but they're a new side and they'll improve. And um, I think we could be pretty much happy with, uh, with not just a scoreline, but. Uh, uh, with how we played.
1: So that's three wins in three to start the season, and um, I've definitely lost count of how many goals that is now after today's result. <laughs> um, do you think training and playing under the Millwall umbrella has helped the team to this start, to this excellent start?
11: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been massively beneficial, not just with the facilities, but kind of just the energy that has provided the club with. We've uh, we've had a lot of players who have played for the club for a number of years, but it's kind of given them a massive boost to kind of uh, start a new chapter and be part of a, a different kind of history for the club. And yeah, the club's been uh, Millwall's been amazing in terms of facilities, but um, again, it's kind of given us a platform to be able to prove as a club, improve as players, um, improve as a team, particularly on pitches like that where you have got the luxury of, of being being a bit expansive and creative. Um, it's given us this great opportunity, and, and, and fair play to score at the moment uh, we're taking that opportunity and we're performing well and adjusting incredibly well as well and um, yeah results and scorelines like sort of this weekend have kind of proved um, and showed just where we are on our journey and we've still got a long way to go in terms of how we how much uh, more consistent you want to play but yeah three wins out of three you can't can't really complain too much
1: so in every interview i've done so far we've commented on how the pitch has helped us and how the training has has helped our style of football and we've had three home games so far so that's why it's played a big factor however um we're away for the first time next week uh what are the next few games looking like and how do you think we're going to be able to take that football onto onto the different pitches
11: yeah it'll be huge test huge test for us uh we're away uh to titans um yeah. <sighs> which isn't uh, it's not just a grass pitch but it's never usually the best condition and at uh, the best of times uh, probably a good thing we're getting it out of the way now while the pitch is probably um, at its peak but yeah I think it's going to be a real adjustment for us I think we will probably have to start the game a little bit a bit more tentatively and potentially play a little bit more direct in, in, in areas but I still don't want to kind of veer away too too far from kind of how you want to play for the rest of the season whether it's on grass or it's the First time on
1: grants is February isn't it I think
11: Yeah absolutely so yeah it will be um, it'll be a huge challenge and I think it'll be a massive adjustment and I think we've got players who who, who suit both sort of turfs and um, if we have to kind of knuckle down and, and scrap um, even though we're playing fo- great football I think we've been winning our battles all over the park uh, for about a season and a half now and um, I'm confident that even if we're not playing particularly well um, our kind of grit and determination and, and, and sort of our will to win will, will hopefully get us through um, but yeah like I said I, I, ideally we don't want to kind of play. Get, revert back to long ball which is obviously what opponents want us to do but um, if we can uh, potentially uh, get our foothold in the game um, it, potentially by going a little bit more direct than, we, than we'd like originally um, hopefully that'll give us a little bit more leeway to, to, to kind of play our settle into our football and, and, and play kind of how we want to play for the rest of the season whether we're on grass or, or whether we're on turf
1: and lastly uh, Millwall versus Barnsley it's at the den what do you reckon?
11: Uh, well, yeah, Millwall in good form at the moment. Um, uh, obviously beat Luton 2-0 in the week. So um, I think they could be quite confident um, in the playoff positions at the moment. So uh, good run of form. And I think it's a big game to kind of really state the claim for promotion. Um, I think they'll win. I think it might be potentially be tight. So I'll go with uh, a 2-1 win to Millwall.
4: Great. Wow. Uh, Great to hear from the guys there. What a result that was. And I believe actually Jay's got eight goals in that game as well. Following on, we turn to the Lionesses who played at St Paul's on Sunday afternoon. So let's hear from them. So, here with Molly Hawkins at training
5: after match day yesterday, a one all draw against a strong Eastburg Bergholt side. You know, you've been out of injury yourself. You made your comeback yesterday. How does it feel?
3: It felt really good, to be honest. Um, being out on the pitch, being with the whole team again, it just feels back to normality, really. And obviously, being out of injury it has made me a bit down, not being able to play. But being back on the pitch and doing everything that I love on the pitch, you know, shooting, scoring, I've loved it. I'd love to be back
5: and obviously yesterday was a one-all draw, putting an end to our losing streak, if you will. Um, What what was your take on the game itself?
3: Me, personally, I think the girls made an outstanding performance. The atmosphere on the pitch, the communication, just the, the whole game was just perfect, to be honest, in my eyes. I saw the girls took their chances with tackles, with their opportunities. They took, yeah, we did get in the back of the net, but we move on and hopefully we'll get it this weekend
5: club captain libby Stubbs was taken off as a substitute late in the game uh, and the armband was passed on to yourself you know your childhood club what is it was it how's it feel to to captain your childhood
10: club
3: overwhelming really i mean like you said i'm a meal fan and to actually being given the captain ban meant a lot like it was honestly emotional on the pitch i did want to cry because it meant so much to me you know being a meal fan and getting a badge.
4: so that was molly hawkins there talking about the 1-1 draw at the weekend Dave, what were your thoughts on the game?
6: Well, I think it was the sort of result that we, we've come to expect because last season, the Lionesses really hit the ground running and were just winning game after game, steamrolling everybody. And players have left over, over since over the close of the, of the seasons and um, people have been replaced. And it's they've found it a bit difficult to get into a rhythm but um, 1-1 was a, a, a result that I would take and look forward to um, things just getting better. Do you agree, Ted?
7: Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, I think it's a massive result for the girls on Sunday because uh, one thing when you've got a young team like the Lionesses are, you need to have that confidence and uh, confidence comes through winning and, and putting performances. When, when you're losing games, you need something to happen that changed the mindset because you go out on a pitch thinking, no matter what I do today, it's going to go wrong. So you try hard to change that, but you see it even in men's football, your head starts to go down. But you've got to stick with the girls and stick with it. They're, they've got a young manager. They're a young team. The more that they get knuckled down and go at it, the more their um, results will change for them. And like they've said, I think there are good players there. They're a good side. It's just that little bit more belief in themselves, perhaps a little bit more luck with injuries as well, you know, because Libby's only just come back herself. So, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, stability in the sense of a few games with the same players playing, uh, you know, uh, together. I I, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll come back to the form they were showing last year. And I think they'll go from strength to
4: strength. And James?
5: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, obviously getting a one, a one all draw, um, one points better than none. It will definitely breed confidence, especially as it is a young side. Um, we can only get better. Um, just need to go again next week.
4: Indeed. Uh, we're not sure of the fixture this weekend for the lionesses. So keep checking your social media for more details and it will be available on there as soon as it's announced. So, next up, we welcome a young man as the fan in the dugout to our virtual studio. He has been here before, but he's hoping to join us in a real studio in the not-too-distant future. Nearly as famous as his mum, Jackie, and not as good-looking as his granddad, or as good on the ivories either, or as famous, but remembered for singing mill songs in an Indian restaurant with his friends and the staff. It is the one and only Sam Gardner. Welcome to the show, Sam.
12: Hi, you guys. How you doing? How Sam? evening sam was everyone all right yeah very
4: well yeah. thanks yeah very well good, good. Uh, so you missed the love sports studio sam the studios
12: are quite small but it was uh what was it that you liked about that when you're with, with everyone in person you can tend to feed off everyone's reaction and it's just uh just a little bit more uh, involved if you like but uh we're making the best of it it seems this has been a good show tonight
6: i was gonna say um We've had a a really good start this season. What do you think about it?
12: Yeah, look, I've said it before. um, Amongst my group of friends that follow us here, there and everywhere, um, I'm Mr Optimist. And um, even after the first couple of games where clearly we were sharp in defence like we always are, but it was frustrating in the final third. But I was saying to my pals, it's when you're not playing well, like any pundit would say, but you're still picking up points. Games that, many times over the years we would have lost the one nil um and those points clearly can make big difference at the end of the season i say keep the faith lads, because you know when you're having these frustrating half hours and you're not creating much we're only going to get better and we have had players that have <clears throat> improved this season of course we're looking forward to troy coming along and hopefully hitting the ground running um but now if anything him coming into a team when he's fit um that's doing well and up the table i think can only be a positive for us, if you look at it uh, in hindsight, so um, yeah, I'm really impressed with. Him. Let's face it, it's been the best start we've had in uh, God knows how long.
7: Yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, Sam, like, uh, Gary Routs acquisitions. He, I mean, he signs and and loan. Obviously, you, do, you mentioned Troy Parrott, although we've not really seen him yet. But obviously, Mason Bennett, Scott Malone, uh, Rock Woodsy, Ryan Woods. And now we brought in Kenneth Sehore. I mean, <coughs> I think you're you, you're right in what you're saying about defensive wise. We're we're solid. We can see the statistics. We're solid in that. But I think them players that we're mentioning there can only benefit us as a whole. Even the guys that are playing like Smith and that know. If he doesn't perform now or, or or Mason Bennett doesn't perform, there's a Bradshaw waiting in the wings or there's a Bodvarsson waiting in the wings.
12: <clears throat> that can only make us better, mate. Yeah, I mean, those players that you just mentioned I was going to touch on, of course. Um, I think I don't think anyone has been at their full potential, in all honesty. I think we've got better to come, which is exciting. I think we're seeing glimpses of when he's been able to play 75 minutes of Bennett. Well, since Bennett comes along, it seems that uh, Mahoney has... Uh, You know, that's given him a bit more because he knows if he's not performing, there's the competition for places. I think Woods is by far the best ball-playing midfielder we've seen at the Den for quite some time. He just makes everything look easy, which I think we'll all agree sometimes uh, we can get quite quite frustrated uh, with uh, how we make things a little bit difficult at times. Um, And I love Smithy. You know, he's an old school centre forward. And I like the fact that we have a big man on the pitch because I never want to see us be a completely possession based team where it's pass back, pass back. I like us getting down the flanks, I like us putting the ball in. Um, and you know, alongside him now with Zahor, it seems that we're always going to have that option of a big man in the middle. Um, and that's how I like to see us play. And, um, you know, I hate to say I was a big fan of Neil Harris Massey, and I was a Harris Inn fan as well. Um, but it's been clear to see the improvements. Um, and and I, I can't see us this season. I think this could be one of the weaker championships in terms of, you know, I don't think there's going to be anyone running away with it like we've seen with some other seasons with Wolves. Yeah. So, you know, we saw last season, you, you go on a run or two, you can be there or thereabouts. And with the start we've had, we tend to have a good run from January through to March. And starting how we've had, and like I, I mentioned Troy Parrott, and I, I fancy him. I think, you know, I think everyone's a bit excited about him. Um, And if he's coming into a team, like I touched on earlier, that is winning, has got confidence, it it, it can only bode well for us, in my opinion.
5: Evening, Sam. Um, Hello. Hi, uh, Two questions in one here. Um, Firstly, who's your standout player so far this season, but also who do you feel needs to up their game a little bit from what you've seen?
12: Um, in all honesty, uh, my, the player that frustrated me the most last season is um, probably my most improved this season in Ryan Leonard. And I think it's mm-hmm. slightly the change of his role. Um, he played a lot deeper under Harris. Um, obviously, we saw him under Rao last season, but not as much. Um, and he's showing, you know, there was, there was many times this season where I was in my head, or not even in my head, voicing it very loud in East Upper. I didn't want to see him play again. Um, but he's he's <laughs> certainly, he's not losing the ball as much. Um, he's getting in those attacking positions and scoring goals, um, yeah. so I think, with him, in my opinion, he's our most improved. Um, I worry a little bit for Bradshaw. I know he works hard, um, but with the touching on Troy coming in again with Zahor um, and Smith as well, I struggle. I think he's he's probably going to be the fourth choice in my opinion. Um, but again, it's not a bad fourth choice to have, is it? So um, it, it puts us. When was the last time we had four strikers that we thought we half fancied? I suppose you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's only a positive for us. So
5: exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I I agree with um I agree with the point on Ryan Leonard that like when Harris first signed him, we used his long throw-ins a lot, and then yeah. we stopped we stopped using them, and then he didn't really have as much of an influence in the team. But R- Leonard was one of the players. In fact, I'd say probably the player that I wanted Rowett to give a chance to the most just to see what he was like, but he's actually yeah. proven to pay dividends dividends for that because he got a banging goal against Wickham on Saturday, On Saturday, didn't he?
12: Yeah, exactly that and he always seems to be popping up there and in all honesty, um, I think most Mill fans, maybe even three or four games ago would have been crying for Ben Thompson to be playing um, for what he is. To the club for what he represents for Millwall, um, but it's 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 hard to actually say. And I was one of those people three weeks ago, um, saying, oh, "Come on, let's not let him go to Pompey. It might be the last we see him in a Millwall shirt because he has improved, you know, in leaps and bounds since he came back from that loan. Mm. But it, he probably doesn't deserve a starting place in you know, all honesty right now um, with Woods and Leonard. And it's yeah. not something I would have said um, or anticipated. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I, it's it's a good uh, it's a good dilemma to have. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what worrying headaches have, yeah.
7: Sorry, Jane, I was just going so the, the one thing about Ryan Leonard, and I, I mean, I was listening to two of you talk there, but and this is the sort of thing that not many people mention, he does the dirty work of the game. Ryan Leonard's yeah. the man who breaks the opposition up. he done it on about three a walk. I remember probably more than that. The amount of yeah. occasions that he'd done it, on uh, Tuesday night against Luton, where they looked like they was having to be a break onto us, and Ryan Leonard intercepted that, even just getting his body across the player, taking the ball off him. And when you've got a player like that around Ryan Woods, that allows Ryan Woods for a bit of space as well. You know, I, I think Leonard's a, an underrated player for the things that you yeah. know, are not spectacular spectacular in the game. Yeah,
4: exactly, yeah, exactly that. Exactly for the um, for the goal as well. He's, he actually passed it on to. Mer- Mahoney to uh score the goal. He broke yeah, it up was- in the middle, the ball got played through to yep. Loire Loire, who just he just brushed him aside basically, and played it won it back and passed it on.
7: I mean the bonus from him is the fact that he does, like Sam was saying, he appears in the box and and he, he he's just he's an intelligent box player, if that makes sense. He he makes it at times he's runs well like he did with that wonderful back heel from Mason Bennett that he put wide, but I'll let him off that one for the uh um yeah i, I think ryan led is beginning to show the player that he can be
4: exactly so sam the million dollar question
12: how's your how's your mum jackie and your, uh, your granddad ian how are they getting on yeah good i'm glad you mentioned because uh i didn't have a chance to respond to the two points you made uh Absolutely correct that uh, my mum's the more pop, pop more popular one and my granddad is the looker. Um so I'm glad I got to address that. But, um no, I, I suppose to get my in at the beginning bit there. I suppose I'll be the talker, eh? Um, <laughs> uh, um no, um yeah, they're good. My granddad's um he's good. He, he had a bit of a health scare earlier this year, so the lockdown if for anything's been quite good for him. Um to um good. have some chill time. My mum's good. Um she's doing her thing as she always is. Um so yeah, time's good. Just uh, obviously looking forward to getting back down the den at some stage with them, or well, with my mum especially. Um, if you don't mind me just saying one thing as well, um, just slightly, well not off topic, but um, of it would have been my, my old man. Um, his 25th, well it's his twi- 25 years since he passed, and he's the reason me and my mum are obviously Millwall fans. And that's next week, um, as well as his best friend, who's one of my best friends as well, uh, a lifelong Millwall fan whose mum passed away unfortunately um, recently. So just thoughts of my mum, uh, my dad, sorry, and. Uh, And my good friend Mark's mum.
4: Nice point. Well said. Exactly, yeah. Well said, Sam. Thank you, guys. uh, Appreciate
12: that. No
4: problem. We'll send them all our love uh, from the show as well. Finally. Appreciate that. No problem. Finally, before we go, how are we going to get on at the weekend?
12: (laughs) Um, Do you know Um, what? As I said, I'm always Mr. Optimist and I will stick to my guns. It's just Barnsley, isn't it? Barnsley, Barnsley, Barnsley. You must have read Yeah, yeah, I knew you'd agree with me on that one. But yeah. it was the kind of game that we—I was nervous about in the week, actually, against Luton. Those uh, midweek games that we tend to lose one-nil or draw nil-nil, um, and we didn't. We have done something that we don't always do and go and win those awkward games. So I'm going to back us for a three-one win, and I'm even going to call Cooper, Jed, and Smith. What wow, decent. Decent. Whack it on. Indeed. Let's all whack it on uh-huh. so we're all in together, <laughs> yeah. eh? Have you yes, been drinking <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 well. That's another question. I'm making a return to that curry house actually next Thursday, so uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have another call, eh? <laughs> yeah. I'm
4: sure Tell they'll like remember the me. Old <laughs> Tell <laughs> It's like the good old days. We used to put a bet on uh, each week and then uh, see how we got on.
12: Yeah, I missed the Cooper. I missed the Cooper. But I always used to bet on Cooper because the yeah. odds were so long. But over, you know, the last couple of seasons, they've really shortened because he tends to... Well, last season, not as much, but um, you don't get the odds on him anymore. So, uh, yeah, I might have to go right, down a little
4: it that man. one. Yeah, Sam, right there. Right, Lendog, Lin- that's the one. Get, yeah, good price on him. <laughs> I bet yeah. you would these days, actually.
7: Oh, here's one for you. Marlon Romeo, he's due a goal somewhere along the line.
12: He's Ooh. due a goal a little uh, outside the box, just outside the box, bottom yeah. corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we um, having, does that mean we're having five bets? Then are we, having, are we, having, <laughs> we having five, five, five nil, all right? Sit down the betting office, yeah. Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. yeah stop yeah, dear. no more because I, I won't be able to put them all on come the weekend. I'd have forgotten
12: yeah. you, you know, none of these will score, you know that as well. <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah. Oh, Marlon is going to hit the uh, top of the CBL on Sunday Saturday. You watch now.
4: Well, I'd be listening to the show anyway. Right, well, Sam, absolute pleasure again to speak with you. Um, Yeah, thanks as always. But we're going to play you out with the sounds of Ian Gomes, his world-renowned granddad, who played at the Ritz um, and for royalty too. Here he is is playing a special tune for Sam on a rare occasion that Sam went and enjoyed high tea at the Ritz, but Sam kept the lid on the the First time.
12: Mm It's not like me.
4: That was the fantastic Ian Gomes there with Let Them Come. I could hear them all singing to that, down the Rich, couldn't you?
9: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, dear. We'll take a break there and listen to the Millwall Liners' sponsors from Be My Eyes. <laughs>
3: Anthony Warren here. Millwall Lionesses have partnered with international smartphone application, Be My Eyes. Be My Eyes is an application that truly benefits the poor of sight and the blind, but is supported by those of us that can see.
0: You might wonder how blind people deal with everyday challenges. Well, normally the answer is simple. we are not that different from you. We play music. We go to school. We go to work. You get the picture. But sometimes the simplest things can be difficult, and we need a pair of eyes. Connect to. That's where you come in.
3: Establishing Video Connection.
0: Through your smartphone, Be My Eyes connects the blind with sighted people through a live video connection. Simply choose if you need help or want to help by the click of a button. That's a nice
6: picture of your family, Caroline. Is it for a present? Yes, it's a photo from my parents.
0: You can help just by installing the Be My Eyes app. image. And we'll notify you when someone needs your help. And if you're in the middle of something, don't worry. Someone else will step in. <laughs> So, would you care to be my eyes?
3: Be My Eyes is displayed on the Lioness's Shorts this season. Download the app onto your smartphone now and help those that need your eyes straight away.
4: I'm Gary Staff and I am back with the No One Likes A Talking team of James Kelly, Ted Robinson and Dave Hart. That be my eyes, application is impressive. Next up, we look ahead to the home game against Barnsley this Saturday. And then that's followed with a trip to Deepdale and Preston on Wednesday evening. First of all, though, we hear from Eamon, who has been chatting with Doug O'Kane, the sports editor from the Barnsley Chronicle, who gives his view from the opposition.
9: Of course, with Doug O'Kane, the sports editor at Barnsley Chronicle, uh, to talk about the game coming up this Saturday at the Den against Barnsley. Uh, Of course, they had a good 2-2 draw on Wednesday night at Stoke. Uh, Welcome, Doug. Hi. It's good to hear from you. So that was a good draw at Stoke on Wednesday night.
13: Yes, it was, yeah. Um, they played well. Could have won it in the end. A little bit disappointed not to not to get their first victory of the season because they played against 10 men for the that's final right. half an hour and, and they took the lead twice. So it, it was a good game that probably could have gone either way. But, yeah, it's, uh, they'll take the positives from the point and um, head down to Millwall on Saturday.
9: And that's, that's three draws so far this season, yeah?
13: Yeah, three draws, three defeats. It's been a little bit of a disappointing season after the high of, uh, of staying up at Brentford on the, in the last minute uh, last season. I think people expected to kick on a little bit more, but um, there's still obviously a, a very, very long way to go, and, um, and the last couple of performances have been encouraging. Work in progress. So who um,
9: are you looking at from the Millwall side to cause you any difficulties on Saturday?
13: Well, I think Je- Jed Wallace is clearly uh, you know a, a very good player for for Millwall. He's been, he's been good against Barnsley before. Uh, last season, he, he played really well, so I think he's he's one that um, they'll be doing extra homework against to try to try and stop him. And uh, from a Barnsley perspective, obviously Tom Bradshaw uh, had a couple of years at Oakwell. Um, I know he's been a bit sort of in and out of, of, of the team, but. Um, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll know all about his threat. So I guess those two will be um, two that Barnsley fans will be uh, a bit worried about.
9: And who do we need to look out for on Saturday?
13: Um, well, the top scorer so far is uh, is, is Corley Woodrow. Um, he got 14 last season in the league. He's already got two got three in, in all competitions this season. And he also played really well last night with the... Uh, um, some great passing, including an assist for the the first goal uh, on Wednesday night. Um, and yeah, he he's probably Barnsley's star player. Um, yeah, he's a he's a striker, but he, he he and he can finish, but he can also drop deep and um, and create play as well. So yeah, I, I would pinpoint him as a, as a star man.
9: Yeah, that's the man that was uh, in the back of my mind.
13: Uh, yeah. Is there anybody else there? Um, yeah, they've got. Um, quite a few uh, different uh, options up front who's been, who've been rotating. Um, Conor Chaplin scored quite a lot of goals last season, but he's been a bit uh, not on the top form so far this season, so he's been on the bench. Uh, they've got an Austrian striker called Dominic freezer who uh, started um on on uh, on Wednesday night and scored his first goal for the club, played played really well after a bit of a difficult start. So he I'd expect him to start alongside Woodrow again. And then um their sort of uh, the main man in midfield is Alex Mowat who's the captain and plays every game and he's uh, he's coming into form now after a little bit of a slow start to the season so he, he makes them tick in midfield.
9: So Doug, what would be your prediction for the, the match at the den then? <laughs>
13: Well, I'd probably go for uh, a third straight 2-2 draw for for Barnsley. I think they they look like they're going to score goals at the moment, but they can't seem to quite hang on to a win. Uh, and I, yeah, so I think that would that would be my prediction.
9: Well, that's great, Doug. Thanks ever so much for uh, coming on the show and and talking about Barnsley. It's much appreciated. And uh, no problem. Thank the... you for having me. All the and all the best for for the season, but perhaps not on Saturday. (laughs)
13: Okay,
9: (laughs) Okay. thanks, now.
4: Thanks, Ayman, and great to hear the views from Doug O'Kane over there, the sports editor from the Barnsley Chronicle. So, gents, a quick view and prediction uh, for the uh, Barnsley game. Let's start with Ted.
7: Uh, well, listen, we've all said it, haven't we, Barnsley? I don't know why, but it, I didn't like listening to Doug there and, and Eamon pointing out that they haven't won a game this season. All of a sudden, you know, you get that feeling they're beginning to play well. Is this going to be their first win of the season? But I, I must say, I, I was really impressed with us on against uh, Luton and the way that we seem to be beginning to get it together. Um, it, it is a difficult game, uh, as every game is in the Championship uh, but I, I, I've just got the feeling that this year with this squad, with us, these sort of games that we've always feared uh, are actually not going to cause us too much problems. I, I think it'll be a difficult game. I think it'll be tight, but I do think we're, we're going to edge this 1-2-1. One, one.
4: Excellent. Dave?
6: Yeah, I totally agree with what Ted said. It's, it's definitely going to be a tight game. And uh, with them not winning at home yet, um, I think it's going to be a very nervous 1-0 to Millwall.
4: Okay. And then over to you, James.
5: Yeah, I mean, Barnsley being a massive bogey team for us. um, But, and then obviously them not winning a game this season. it is. Like the pessimism in you just says that they're gonna that they're gonna get a win. But no, I'm gonna back I'm gonna back the boys after um two very, very good wins, um against Wickham and against Luton. Um hopefully we can keep that momentum going. And I'm gonna say two nil to Mill, Another two nil win. I tell
7: Thank you what, you Gary. I tell you what, Gary. We're beginning to sound a bit like Chelten do when they play us. You know what I mean with Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh I mean? uh, We've gone that far. We're
11: yeah. we? <laughs> well, oh, not dear. quite
7: as bad as them. I'm <laughs> sure they feel a lot worse. But um,
4: yeah, uh, dear. All right, then. Let's move on to next Wednesday. Um, we are playing Preston, who've also made a bit of a slow start um, to the season. How do you think our trip to Lancashire will go? Um, start with Ted again.
7: Well, in years gone by, you'd have said it's odds on that Mill will probably uh, lose at home to Barnsley and go to Preston and and win. But uh, Preston are a good side. They're they're just beginning to play a bit. They won 2-0 the other night at QBR, didn't they? And and they're a side I expect to be sort of up there, thereabouts. And I I know we've been talking about Barnsley, but I don't think we do particularly well against Preston. But I'm going to back the boys, but (laughs) I'm going to be a bit more... I think we're going to go up there and get a draw. I think it's going to be 1-1, a tight, close game. Um, I think you will go back and bring Alex Pierce in for that game and that'll tighten us up. But, yeah, I see that being a 1-1 draw,
6: Preston. Fair enough. Dave? Yeah, it's, it's one of those places. I've been there quite a few times and the winds are short, you know, hard, hard to come by. So, again, I'm going to go with a very squeaky bum one nil
4: fair enough and then last but not least james
5: yeah i mean yeah preston are getting a bit of momentum now obviously winning against qpr midweek um obviously doing the double against them last season one nil at home one nil away um i don't i'm not as confident against preston as i would be against barnsley um my heart says We're going to edge a 1-0 win, which I'd happily take, but my head's saying 1-0.
7: Fair enough. Look after your bum, Dave. I
4: will. (laughs) I'm going to chuck my predictions in now. I think um, we're going to beat Barnsley 2-0, and then I'll go with a a 1-1, like Ted said, I think, up there as well. But I do agree that is the type of results where we'd probably lose to Barnsley and then beat Preston but I'm going to as we are saying, the team's a bit better this year They're more confidence in the side they are playing with more more gusto I think is the right we've word got,
7: got to just go on a little bit about the other night I thought at times there was some of the best football we've played for a long long oh, time you know yeah. I, I was so impressed with the way we started to to knock it around and yeah, we've only briefly mentioned Conor Mahoney, who was obviously everyone's man in the match. I think we've been at a close second, but uh, yeah. if we can keep that boy playing like that, with Jed on the other side, and uh, you know Mason Bennett that certainly knows how to hold the ball up and get you up the other end of the pitch, we're beginning to look like a proper, a proper championship challenging team.
4: Ted, and what were we doing backheeling balls in the back of the in the box as well? What's that? Well, I thought that?
7: he fell over it. To be quite honest, at the time, <laughs> Before he, he, what's he happened there? He's trying to bring the ball out to have a shot, and it went the other way. But uh, no, I, I tell you, we always talking of Mason Bennett. Um, Gary we was all a little bit unsure about the boy, saying, "Is he injury prone?" And what? Listen, when this boy's fit, if we can keep him fit, he's going to be such a fall in team uh, sides because he he seems to be a real Awkward player to play against. He's got a little bit of talent in there, but he's a difficult player to knock off the ball. He wins your free kicks everywhere, and like I say, he gets you up the pitch. I think, I think, hopefully, if he carries on the way he's going, he's going to prove Gary Wright Rowett made the right decision in in buying him and getting him in.
4: Yeah, I also think he looks like he's lost a bit of timber as well. So he looks. Yeah, like he looks fitter. fitter. He looks fitter. Yeah. But, mm. but
7: we, we we when he came to us, Gary, he hadn't played a lot of football. You no, know, and he, he, we squeezed quite a bit out of him at the end of the season. Maybe that we squeezed a bit hard. So, hopefully, like we're going to see a, a good run from Mason Bennett because he's a, he's a certainly an asset to the side. Sure is.
6: Just yeah. to right. on to that Luton game. I don't think um, uh, Bart had much to do in the whole game. He could have gone and read a newspaper. Well, <laughs> frankly, he didn't
7: to, thankfully, he didn't have to kick the ball too much.
6: And no. when he was called on to make a save, which he did do, it was spot on. So, um, yeah, um, things are looking up. I mean, if we win on if we win on Saturday, we'll have fourteen points. And last season, we played uh, eleven games to get fourteen points. Wow! So, there you go.
4: Good stats, Dave. Good stats it, indeed. Right, we'll take a break there and listen to the charitable tones of Patricia Maslin.
2: Hi, Patricia Maslin here. The Millwall Community Trust needs volunteer help. Whether you're an organisation with bodies able to assist or an individual, the Trust needs you during the current conditions. To support the vulnerable and needy, if you can help make a difference or need help, please contact Sean Daly, the Trust's Chief Executive Officer, by phone, on zero seven nine five eight zero two seven zero six zero. Once again, that's zero seven nine five eight zero two seven zero six zero. Or contact by email, S I'll spell that S D A L Y at Mill Community or One Word dot org dot uk. I'll repeat that S S D A L Y at Millwall Community or One Word dot org dot uk. If you can, or you know someone, or any organisation who might be able to help. Please let the community trust know. Thank you.
7: Sorry, Gary, you got you got to change that intro. We can't have charitable tones like that. I'm not having that. The, char- <laughs> the charitable tones of Pat- Patricia Hastling. Oh dear.
4: <laughs> that was um, oh dear, Eamon's uh, scripting that bit.
7: Yeah, I can think of any uh, plenty of other words to go in <laughs> from Cheriton <sharing it> <laughs> <time> James. <laughs> oh, oh dear, dear. another dearie. Dear. Sorry, Pat.
4: <laughs> oh dear. So um, yeah, great to hear from Pat and keep up the great work at the um, Community Community Trust. There, guys, um, yes. well done, Sean Daly. Right, people continue to lose their lives to this dreadful virus or as a consequence of suffering with it, as deaths and infections continue to rapidly rise and many more remain hospitalised too. Our thoughts go out to their families, friends and those that take care of them.
5: Yeah, so next week we welcome back Bethany, Jeff, and George to be hosted by Eamon. Uh, This week, our Gary Rowett, who celebrated a year of Millwall this week, disclosed that our chairman and John Berylson's backing had been critical in the transfer slash loan window. And you can help the club out by coming along to the Beanback each week in the Mill Executive Lounge for £50 plus VAT. Joining the Lions Community Club, Lions Loyalty Club, sorry, it costs £40 with uh, benefits. For £25, you could also be a crowdie. For £103.95, you can be a virtual mascot with benefits. And why not sponsor a player's kit for £570 with benefits? All the details and more can be found on the Millwall website. That's good night from me.
6: Don't forget to follow iFollow with Carl Bates and Max McLennan on Saturday. And remember, 100% of what you pay for the internet streaming service goes back to Millwall Football Club. What a good way to improve the revenue in these challenging times. And don't forget to watch out for Kai Bennett's Millwall Fan TV for pre-match and post-match analysis. Well worth a listen on Twitter and Facebook. And it's night from me. All
7: right, there's player sponsorship for the Lionesses available for this season. Why not give them some added support and you can find details on their website. Just put Mill Lionesses into your browser and you will find them easily enough. We have led by example and sponsored their captain, Libby Stubbs, who came back into action this week. They'll keep it going, Libby. If you want live football from the Millwall brand, check out the Millwall Lionesses and Romans for fixtures at St Paul's Rove Rive on Sundays. And for now, that's good night from me,
4: Ted. Lastly, let's not forget to keep safe on the streets out there, which means isolating where necessary, social distancing, the rule of six, a face mask where necessary, and any local restrictions under the three tier system. That's it from me. Thanks, James, Dave, and Ted. Until next time.